y'all, my name is Kim Williams. I'm one of the nursery volunteers here at Eastside Church. I just wanna say thank you so much for joining us for this week's message. If you would like to share your story with us, we would love to hear it. Please contact us at info at eastsidechurch.tv. If you would like to give, you can do that on our website at eastsidechurch.co. Click on our Give tab. Thank you again for joining us, and please prepare your hearts for this week's message. You got your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 55. If you saw me and Richard laughing, he came up to me, and he had this scripture out of Isaiah 55. I was like, oh, my goodness. I think I got a word for you, Bo. It's in Isaiah 55. Yeah, yeah, you, you might be right. Isaiah chapter 55. As, um, as we get into today's message, there's a couple things I want to build it on. First of all, I want to build it on the uh, just a personal testimony of, you know, I, I love spring. Any, anybody, anybody besides me like spring? I mean, like I played golf last week in 76-degree weather, and uh, I liked it a lot. And it just got me, you know, it got me pumped up. And then I think the next day it was like 45, you know. I was like, oh, my goodness. It's really not spring. But it gave, it gave me a taste. You know, it gave me a taste, and I, and I, and I loved it. Uh, it's special to me, I think, a couple of reasons. One of them is that 30 years ago this year, Vulo, 30 years, that's about how old you are, right? 30 years ago this year, uh, I came to know Jesus in, this, in March. And so... The spring has this has this come alive thing, you know. It, 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 it. I remember when I first got saved that the greens were greener, you know. The flowers were prettier. The, the blues were bluer in the sky. The smells were smelled differently. I mean, everything came alive. They were always there. I just didn't know it. I just didn't see it. Uh, you know, I didn't have eyes to see or ears to hear the, the, the great things of God. And so there was a tremendous awareness of the things of God that came alive in me that spring. And that's the way it is now. It never leaves me. It's, it, you know, Easter is, is a fantastic time of the year. It's April 1st this year, y'all. April Fool's is Easter. But uh, anyhow, you know, it's a time where everything that you see... Right now, if you go outside, you'll look around, and everything that you see looks dead. The daffodils are starting to come out, ladies. The daffodils are coming out a little bit. But everything else seems like it's dead, and there's no way that any, any one of us, because God spoke it into existence when he spoke the universe into existence, that we could stop spring. It's going to do what God said do, no matter what we do. Spring's coming. And so this time of year makes me understand that God's word doesn't return void. Say that with me. God's word doesn't return void. Romans chapter 14 verse 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. There's a place of goodness and peace and joy that comes as believers as we're filled with the Holy Spirit. As believers, we ought to be people who walk in the fullness of joy. Would you agree? How many of you in here 
want to walk in all abundant joy. Just abundant joy. How many? How many here want to be Scrooges and 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 just be grumps and grumpy and negative and sarcastic about everything you see? Would you raise your hand for me, please? Because you want to represent Jesus so well. You wouldn't admit it in a church anyway, so. <laughs> Don't be bumping the person beside you saying, told you. <laughs> we want to be filled with joy. And so I want to answer the question, and the title of the sermon is this, how do I live a life, a joy-filled life, a life filled with joy? How do I live that life? There is a key to it, and it's not what you think. It's not that you can, in your own efforts, be happy. It's not that at all. It has this process of faith and belief that brings about a supernatural joy in the life of the believer. And so let's discover it in Isaiah chapter 55. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation to start with. And um, I'm gonna, I'll pause here and there as I bring something out. Isaiah 55, verse 1. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Say that with me. It's all free. Now, when we think about this process, you've got to understand that Isaiah is writing to the church. He's writing to the church of that day, and he's writing to the church in 2018. Now, what's going on then is they're, they're kind of uh, in exile. They've kind of been exiled from God, and they're about to be exiled, period. But Rome is, Rome is coming alive. You know, the Greek games are starting. That's the time period that Isaiah is, is alive, and he's prophesying. And there's this, there's this separation from God, and the reason there's a separation of God is because the people have bought into a world system, a world's way of thinking. Now, I just want to point out to you right now that as believers, we need to understand that there's a call from God to the church right now. How many know there's a call from God to the church to come back to me? Come back to me, especially to this nation. Come back to me, nation of United States of America. Come back to me. I, I see after after the, the, the shooting in Florida, that people are saying, we've got to bring pay, prayer back to school. Come back to me. There's a call that says, come back to me. You know, I was, uh, Brian Freivogel sitting right back over here on the left. He graduated from that high school. He was telling me this earlier and how personal that is to him and how hard it is to know that he walked the halls of that school and to see that. And he's been praying all week. He's had a burden all week for, for that deal. So I want to just stop right now and let's pray for that group of people. Is that cool? Father, in the name of Jesus, we know by your word that, God, we are never going to make any sense of what occurred. We're never going to understand why it happened. Outside of the fact that hellish forces won in an individual's life. And so, Father, we just pray that in the midst of, of, of that hellish force victory, you say, you work things through to the good. 
Now, I have no idea, Lord, whatsoever how you do that in this situation. But I know your word is true. And even though we see death and we see dead trees, we don't see the fruit of God in this event. We know that spring's coming. And it can't be denied. So we speak your word. We speak grace. We speak truth. We speak life. We speak comfort. We speak peace. We speak joy over the people of Florida, their families, and those who call on your name. So I thank you for that, God. I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. And so there's a call to the church. In the midst of our situation, <laughs> if you haven't noticed, if you haven't been watching the news, there is a, a tremendous move against Christians in our nation. And it's loud and it's vocal. It's not the dominant thought. It's just loud and vocal. And it's coming out of the media, and oftentimes it's coming out of the media. Now, what I, what I just read this week, that, that somebody was blasting Vice President Pence because he says that he can hear Jesus, that Jesus talks to him. And he got smashed. Uh, Tony Dungy, the other dying in Super Bowl, was giving credit to, to uh, Foyles, the quarterback. What's his first name? Nick Foles, the, the quarterback who gave testimony of why he was able to say so, so calm in the Super Bowl. And then, and, and then Tony Dungy gives, gives attaboys to God for that, and he's getting blistered in the media for preaching on television and taking that time in the Super Bowl to give glory to God. So did Nick Foles, so did the coach, so did a lot of others. But, the, but there's a force against the Word of God. It's been happening with Tim Tebow for, for years and years and years. This is as, as pure as he tries to be, as, as good a job as he's done walking out the Christian faith in the public limelight, he gets attacked like nobody's business. And so in this call of come, come to me, come and eat, come, it's free, come and, come and drink. There's a call from God to the church that says that, and he's saying the philosophy that you bought into, don't, don't buy in that philosophy. Come and eat and drink of my philosophy, of my word. Now listen, the reason I'm saying that, attached to what I just described with Nick and Tony Dungy and the vice president, is because we need to be reading the Bible and the word of God as if it's not going to be in our hands There's been many a nation that it came out of our hands, and we better begin to take the Word of God seriously, know it in our heart, know it in our head. Because you never know. Do I think that'll happen? I'm not scared of that a bit. Let me just tell you, every time they try to take the Word of God, there's a great move of the Holy Spirit underneath. The revival breaks out, and the church goes forward. Boom. <laughs> Happens in China all the time. I'm excited about the possibilities, but the truth of the matter is, in the church, we've taken the word of God for granted for way too long, and we need to get it on our hearts. Would you agree? And so God is calling us back, and he's calling us back to this place of belief in his word. So he says, "He says, come, I've got, I've got this way, I've got this word. 
I've got this drink. It doesn't cost any money, and it's free. Why spend your money on food that doesn't give you strength, on advice, on systems of thinking, on whatever? It doesn't give you strength. Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me, and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love that I promised David. See how I used him to display my power among the peoples? I made him a leader among the nations. You also will command nation you do not know. And peoples unknown to you will come running to obey because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. In other words, nations are going to be jealous of our relationship, God is saying. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Say that with me. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive you generously. My thoughts, God says, are, are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts, they are higher than your thoughts. God says, the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. Say that with me. It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always, say that with me, it always produces fruit. I will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and the hills will burst out in song, and the trees in the field will clap their hands. It sounds like the song we sang. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events, these, these incredible events where God brings life that, to something that looks like it was dead, because of faith in his word to do so, that will bring honor, great honor to the Lord's name. They will be an everlasting sign to this generation of his power and his love for the world. Wow, what an incredible word from the Lord. As he's talking to you and me, what's he saying? Well, I think there's several things that we can take from this passage of scripture but the first thing we've got to take we just got to get down to the basics of where we are as human beings in our culture and the first thing that we need to know is this when we talk about joy and living in joy and peace we have to understand 
that joy is an expression of saying yes to the call to believe God's word. It's saying yes to the call to believe God's word. Now, in our in our life as Christians and in the church and in the culture of the church, oftentimes it becomes easy to believe that we can experience the fullness of what God wants us to in eternity. You know, matter of fact, a lot of the church has just got their eyeballs on eternity or Jesus' return for the whole idea of the fullness of what God wants to do to actually happen. And that's not what the Word of God was sent to do. Isaiah is actually talking to people 750 years before Christ's birth. And he's speaking in such a way that it is applicable to the church in 2018. It's an amazing thought that he had from God, an amazing call from God to the church that we would believe in this time. And so we've got to know that God expects us to live in joy and peace. that's, That's what he wants us to do right now. Not when we get to eternity. Not when we get to heaven. Well, when we get to heaven, Pastor, all this junk's going to fall off and I'm going to be good. That's not what he's talking about. Is that going to happen? Absolutely. It's going to come about. But he was, he was saying to you and me that we have to live a life of peace and joy right now. Well, how do I do that? How does that happen right now? Well, we have to understand that, that we have to have faith and believe that God's word is true. And so everything that's written in it, every promise, every nature of God, every possibility that God has in this book, this is his word. It is for you. It's for you. You've got to believe it's for you. You've got to say to yourself, this is for me, and I believe it's for me. But but you say, Pastor, I don't see any. I'm in the desert. I'm in the wilderness. I'm in the winter. I don't see any fruit anywhere of God's presence in anything that I'm doing. Or I don't see it here in this specific thing or this and this. And so I'm discouraged or depressed or or or, or just you know, weighed down by my circumstance here, there, or, or whatever it might be. And, and so, and so I, I just don't see it come alive. Well, what is faith? So you have to understand, to believe that you can walk in joy, you have to believe that faith is believing that spring is coming right in the dead middle of winter. When you don't see any life in anything, when it looks like everything's dead, when it looks like God is silent, faith is saying, I believe that life is coming. I believe that victory is coming. Why? God said it would. God said it would come. And if God said it's coming, I don't care what it looks like outside, spring is coming. 
It's coming. If I will believe his word, if I will align myself with his word, if I will reject worldly philosophies, the philosophies of men, and I will adapt a lifestyle of obedience to the ways and the will of God, then his word will come true. It'll happen in my life. And so, right there, right there, there's dancing. There's dancing right there. I can be joyful. I can be happy in worship, Johnny, when, when I know that I'm in the midst of winter, but spring's coming. When I know that I don't see the will and the hand of God in a certain situation, spring's coming. Victory's coming. And it says that his word in season will be prosperous. It'll be prosperous. It'll do what God sent it to do. And so I can rejoice. I can be happy. I can shout to God in the midst because I know his word's true and I know it's for me. And Isaiah is calling to the church, come back, eat this meal, eat what I'm trying to feed you because it's good. What you're eating, it's not good. The way you're thinking, it's not good. Come on back. And so we know that faith is believing that spring's coming in the middle of winter. Faith is believing that the fruit of the word of God, when it looks like everything is dead, is actually going to do its work. There is absolutely no way to stop spring from coming. Neither is there any way to stop the word of God from spouting, sprouting and bearing its fruit in season when God speaks it in your circumstance for those who believe. Only for those who believe. Because there's one thing, there's one force that can stop the word of God from sprouting. And it's unbelief. It's unbelief. And so, you hold the key. Now, let me just say this. If that's true, that's true, then the only thing that can stop the transformation process of you being just like Jesus Because the Word of God says you are to be transformed by the renewing of your mind into the image of Christ. What can stop you from being transformed into the image of Christ? Unbelief. How does unbelief manifest with action? What you do says what you believe. How you respond to the Word of God tells what you believe. And so God in his great grace and his incredible love is calling the church to a place to agree and believe. And so in that belief, in that place of belief, in that place that understands that the only thing that can stop the word of God from transforming me into the image of Christ and bringing victory to every circumstance, every sickness, every financial situation, every family problem, every relationship challenge. 
is unbelief that the Word of God can actually do what it says it's supposed to do in that circumstance. Because, number three, we know that no evil has power or authority over the Word of God. There's no way that the forces of hell can stop the Word of God from doing what God sends it to do. The only thing that can stop it is the light that goes into your, into your ear where Satan whispers into your ear and you begin to proclaim the lie that's being whispered in your ear as the word of God and then that goes forth and that's unbelief and so it has no place to take to bear fruit. There's this place of Unbelief because we've listened to a lie. And so Satan's tactic is always to gift you off track of what the Word of God says. So I'm sitting here looking at Jack. He's a pastor. He's had throat cancer. He's so good to see you. I'm, so, I'm excited about you being here. He's, he's got a, one of them voice things in his voice. He's, and it looks like Satan has robbed. He's in the house of God. He's worshiping his Savior, his King, and he is not being defeated because he wins no matter what. The victory is there. Amen? It's there. He can't win. He can take our voice. He can do different things. But the Word of God is still going to be victorious in Jack's life. No matter what you face, he can kill the body. But he can't do anything about everlasting life. The grave has been defeated. <laughs> it just moves over. Man, Lord, help us. So nothing is stronger or more powerful, or ha has any authority over the Word of God. Nothing can keep the Word of God from bearing fruit. Its fruit is always prosperous and victorious for those who believe. Can you say the word always? It's always. It never fails. And so we have to understand that the fruit of believing God's word is joy and peace. How does joy and peace come? It comes with anticipation and expectation. I heard a story this week from a pastor's luncheon somewhere in Albemarle, I think. These pastors were talking, and he says, there, anybody ever been to a Panthers game? Okay, there's anybody like the Panthers or they just want to burn the building down or you know I just want to make sure you're with me all right have any ever watched the Panthers on TV have you seen the stadium go go berserk they can be seven and four and the stadium goes berserk at the beginning of the game do they go berserk why do they go berserk because of the expectation of the possibility that the Panthers can produce in the game that's coming. Yes? There's a possibility that this team can actually do something good. Well, you and I, and there's joy. There's great joy. Why is it, why do we feel like in church in America that we're supposed to be stiff and staunch, which I'm praying to God that we, we're not. Hallelujah. But why is it that we should be the most joy-filled people with peace that is overwhelming us because of the expectation of the possibilities of what God is going to do in the future? 
Yes? There, there's, there, the word of God is coming. Oh, I'm in the darkness. It looks like everything's dead around me. This relationship, this work, my finances, whatever it might be, it looks dead. But praise the Lord, the word of God is true, and I stand firm on it. And I believe that by his word and by his way, it's going to manifest. It's going to bring me victory, and I'm going to prosper, and I'm going to stand there until it happens. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord, and I'm going to have peace in the midst of tough circumstances. That's what it's talking about in James chapter 1. It says, my brothers and sisters, consider yourself fortunate when all kinds of trials come your way. For you know that when your faith succeeds in facing such trials, the result is ability to endure. Make sure that your endurance carries you all the way without failing so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. But if any of you like wisdom, you should pray to God who will give it to you because God gives generously and graciously to all. But when you pray, you must believe and not doubt at all. Whoever doubts is like a wave in the sea that is driven and blown about by the wind. People like that, unable to make up their minds and are undecided, they're undecided in all they do. They must not think that they'll receive anything from the Lord. In the midst of trials, we should be filled with joy. And let me just point out to you, in that, in that midst, in that place, we rejoice and believe because we believe we have the victory. And we believe that in the exact season, at the proper time, that we will prosper in that exact season that God sent its, his word to bear the fruit. The word is yours. You be patient. You endure. You rejoice. You walk in peace. God says in verse 13 of Isaiah 55, where once there were thorns, there were things that tear things up, there were rough places. Once there was this place that seemed impassable without bleeding to death, there'll be great trees. Where there was death, there'll be life, so rejoice. And then he says this, these events will be a testimony to the name of the Lord and bring him honor. The world is looking for good evangelists. Now let me tell you what they don't need. They don't need another person knocking on a door trying to argue somebody into heaven. What they actually really need is somebody who can walk through trials what they really need is somebody who's going through a rough time. What they really need is when somebody, it looks like something in their life has died, that they would be filled with joy, have tons of peace, and walk through it in a, in a systematic approach, believing that the Word of God is going to come about, is for them, where people will go, wow, what in the world's going on? And then they see the hand of God and they go, oh my goodness, did you see that? And Isaiah 55 says, this will bring honor to God and it will show the world his power and his love. Oh. Hey man, that is the call to the church. God is calling, saying, come. Come eat from this. This will satisfy. 
What you're trying to sell yourself is empty. What you're trying to operate on is empty, and it will not bring about victory. Is there a sense of urgency for his word? Absolutely. Is there a sense of urgency for the joy of the Lord to overwhelm us? Look at what, look at what Romans says. Let me read Romans, um, I mean Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 through 3. It goes right back to what we were talking about. It says this, to have faith is to be sure of things we hope for, to be certain of things we cannot see. It was by their faith that people of ancient times won God's approval. It is by faith that we understand that the universe was created, how? By God's word. So that what can be, what, what can be seen was made out of what cannot be seen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. One of my favorite passages of scripture. And I love the way this is the Good News Bible. It puts it like this. But the Spirit produces, say that with me, but the Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. It's unproducible by you. It is very producible by the Spirit of God as we stand on His Word. We believe God. We believe God. Everything is for me. Everything in the book is for me. The only thing that's keeping me from looking like Jesus is unbelief. I need to say that again. That's making, that's making the religious spirit in the place just go, eh. The only thing, say it with me, the only thing that is keeping me from looking like Jesus is unbelief. Father, I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you, God, that it's true. I ask you, Lord, that I no longer would take it for granted, that I truly would write it on my heart, that I would eat from it, that I would drink from it because it satisfies and because it produces good. Where every other thing that I try to order my life by has, does not have the ability to produce good. So I ask you, Lord, to give us sober judgment because your word is for me it's true and I believe just say it it's true and I believe in Jesus name Michael I'm going to go ahead and get you to come can the ushers come as well we're going to pass out communion we're going to kind of take this communion deal uh, as we uh, we're just going to celebrate and close out the service with it um I've got in my pocket something that you ought to receive in the mail. Don't forget next week we've got a commitment card coming to you for the building program. And I don't want to, you know, it's an act of worship. So I don't want to uh, 
I don't want you to get sidetracked with that, but I also want you to be aware of it because I'm going to close. We're going to ask our prayer team at the end of service to come up front and pray for you. As they're passing out communion, I thought I had one. Let me have one, Becky, please. Thank you. Thank you. You have to be a, a heart surgeon to be able to open these things. And so I wonder if they had these in Jesus' day. Probably not. As we take communion today, this is what I want you to think about. First of all, <laughs> how many can remember and have a visual, somewhat of a visual, even though we have no idea what it was like to, to actually crucify? You know, hanging sounds bad. You know, public hanging, nothing compared to crucifixion. Crucifixion was horrific. You know, just the whipping with the cattails would rip the flesh open and expose intestines, livers, kidneys, if they were still intact. And it was just brutal. Now I say that because I want you to understand the greatness of the love of God. That is not to be said so that you would be all of a sudden guilt imposed. <laughs> Are you hearing me? It's not about guilt. It's about the greatness of the love of God. You with me? He loves you. He loves you so much to do this. Now listen. Listen to what Jesus said. It says about Jesus that he counted it joy to be able to do that for you and me. <laughs> Talking about the joy of the Lord is your strength. In the midst of that brutal act, he said, I am, a, I am willing and joyful about doing this. Why? Because it opened the veil. It opened the access to the Father so that we could be in relationship with him. And then he rose from the dead, and everything that death and sin held against mankind was broken off of us. No longer are we slaves to sin and death because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And that brings him joy, because all we have to do is believe his word, and we can be transformed into his image. All we have to do is accept his way. And we begin to get victory after victory after victory. Prosperity after prosperity after prosperity as the word of God does its work in our life. As we obey it and believe it. Trust in him. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, today is a great day to do it. You know, it's not about numbers. It's not about coming to a pastor, although we'd be glad for you to pray with the prayer team if you want somebody. What coming to Christ really is today, it is making a commitment that you believe, that you trust in what Jesus did at the cross, and that you're going to begin to order your life. You're going to begin to come to the table, that you're going to be the drink from His Word, His way, and you're going to follow that. I want to have that victory and that 
prosperity in my life and I know that the only way to get it is to align myself with him. Jesus at the cross said, now listen, y'all. I don't know if he said y'all. If somebody from Detroit can say y'all, maybe somebody from Bethlehem can say y'all. I don't know. (laughs) He said, man, listen. Every time that you do this supper, think about what I made available to you. Think about what the sacrifice on that cross did for you. That's what I want you to remember. Not the brutality. Remember the love. Remember how much love it took to allow that beating. That wasn't done for guilt and shame. For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Just love poured out. And so he took the bread and he broke it and he says, this is my body which was broken for you. Every time you take this bread, do so remembering what that brokenness did for you. Let's take the body. Same is true with the cup. He took the cup and said, this is the, this is the cup of my blood, the new covenant. It's, it's going to be poured out, and it's going to be poured out for the sins of the world. And everybody that believes in me and what I did this day, is going to be saved for eternity. They will never die. No matter what hellish force tries to take authority over a life, there will be no death. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Every time you take this cup, you remember the freedom that it bought you in Jesus' name. Let's take the cup. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Why don't we stand together? Why don't we just lift up your voice? Give the Lord praise. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I bless your name, God. We thank you, Jesus, for what you did. Lift your voice to God. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name, God. We honor you, God. Worthy are you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, as we stand before you today, I pray that we would recognize that right now we're going to have to give an account for our stewardship of the truth that we just read. And I ask you, Lord, to empower us by your Spirit to live a life of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And everybody said. Amen. Amen. Our prayer team is going to be up front. If you want prayer, they'd love to pray with you. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night. Amen.